lift your hands in this place I want to take some time and just really revisit what we talked about on on last week we're in a season now where I begin to just really hear the heart of God and really begin to talk to those that have been ministering to me in, in my life in this season hearing God say that we're graced to do it again People are in need of a shepherd. They're in need of a pastor. They're, they're in need of the voice that is going to lead, guide, equip, empower, rebuke, correct, edify. Whatever it may be, we're, we're in a season where the enemy wants to silence the voice of the shepherd in such a way. That people just want to come to church and they just want to feel good moment. They, they don't really want to be empowered and, and that's what the enemy wants to do. And I'm just reminded of what Paul began to tell Timothy. He said, at the end of the day, at the end of this world, the church is going to begin to look just like the world. You're not going to be able to separate the two because... We've lost the voice of the shepherd and we've lost the voice and the teachings of the doctrines and the principles of the church. And so now we just want to come and we just want to feel good and, 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 and really the church has become an inconvenience, Bishop, in such a way that people believe that God is a convenient God. <laughs> I can serve when I want to serve. <laughs> I can pray when I want to pray because God is so convenient that he loves me so much that when I open my mouth, he's going to run and fall at my feet. My God. But when we begin to look at the grace of God and the mercy of God, it's so powerful in this text because we can see that Paul is dealing with an issue in his life. 2 Corinthians chapter number 12 starts at verse number 7. I won't read it, but you, you know the preceding chapters. But right there at verse number 9, I really meant to say that. I'm sorry, y'all forgive me. I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at my, my Bible here. But verse number 9 says, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you for power is perfected in weakness most gladly therefore I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me verse number 10 therefore I am well content with weaknesses insults 
with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, I am strong. We can, we can see in the preceding verses, around verse number seven, we, we, we can see that, that Paul is talking about some revelations that he has just received and that he has just went through in his life. And, and, and he's talking about the power of these revelations. He's, he's walking in the confidence and the authority that God has placed in his life. And he believes so that God could keep him humble, God strickens him with a thorn in his flesh, whatever it might be, to keep him humble. When we look at the text here and we look at pandemic, we can just settle right here if we want to talk about my grace is sufficient enough for you. We can look at what the pandemic did. Uh, it became a thorn in our side. It caused the economy to become weakened. It calls marriages, it calls jobs, it calls businesses, uh, uh, schools, uh, everything fell apart in the pandemic. Can, can I say that? Can I really be honest? Uh, everything that was big, everything what was boasting and confident and all of the things, everybody had to go back to the drawing board because the pandemic revealed a weakness that we had to deal with. Come on. Uh, when we think about it, uh, the weakness in how are we going to get people to put a mask on? We were weak in unity. We were weak in understanding that if we could have just followed instructions, uh, if we could have just done the right thing, uh, February, March, April, May, then maybe we would not be here, but could it have been that God allowed these things to happen so that we would not become so confident in what man could do for us? Oh, I, 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 so that we could not become so confident in what we had. Have you ever been in a place? where you had to realize that you have so much knowledge, you have so much money, your wealth can buy you anything, your degree can get you in any door, your connection can sit you at any table. Uh, uh, come on now, whatever you do, you can do it in your sleep. And the moment that you begin to boast, and the moment that you begin to feel so confident, it seems like out of nowhere, God will always stricken you with a thorn that causes you to become humble. Uh, a, a thorn that puts you in a place uh, where you're not always able to just run out and do what you were accustomed to doing. Paul was saying uh, uh, because of the surpassing revelations uh, for this reason uh, so that I would not exalt myself he believes that God stricken him with an issue in his life. Uh, can, can we just talk about issues today? Can, can we talk about some real life issues today? Come on now, you're, you're married and, and we could see how marriages were strong or where they were weak during the pandemic. Come on now, uh, 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 everybody was going to work, uh, husband going to work, wife going to work, kids going to school, everybody's gone during the day, everybody comes back home, everything's good, but then the job shuts down and now mama's at home, the kids are at home, daddy's at home, and 
somebody getting on somebody's nerves. Oh, no, no, no. Somebody don't want to be bothered. There's arguments now. Uh, uh, there is the displaced of, you're in my space. Can you leave me alone? Uh, can you stop bothering me? Uh, uh, I need to take a ride because too many of us are in the same place at the same time. But when we look at the pandemic, I believe that the pandemic came uh, to strengthen the family. But in most cases, the pandemic ripped apart families because families said, I'm tired of being around you. You're getting on my nerves. Uh, why? Because we've gotten so boastful in our careers. We, we've gotten so confident in our careers that we don't know what it is to sit down at the table and have a meal at 6 o'clock in the evening. Uh, and after 6 o'clock, after mama cooks, uh, after the refrigerator and all the kitchen is closed, uh, you can't come in, child, after you didn't been out there on the street smoking your weed, doing everything, and eat. No, 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 no. The pandemic was a reason for us to come home and rebuild the family. But if you could see how weak the family was, it seems like we've become more separated during the pandemic than we were pre-pandemic. Come on now. Uh, I love my girl. Come on, can we just talk about it? Uh, I love my girl, but now I got to wake up and see her, and I got to wake up and see him, and, and my God, I got to see her all day. Come on now. She getting on my nerves now. Come on now. Uh, can I just have some time to watch a baseball game? When you were at work, I'm watching ESPN. Uh, come on now. And now we come home, and you talking about let's have Bible study. Uh, uh, let's go to the mall, and let's do all of this other stuff. Can, can can you see how issues, uh, when they're left undealt with, uh, they become a weakness without the, the, without the sufficiency of God's grace? But Paul is saying, he said that God said, no matter what the issue is, can you get my wife out of my ear? Come on now. Uh, can you cause me to get back to work? Uh, I, I, I don't even want the unemployment. Just let me go back to work. Uh, just let me get out of here. Just let me do some things in my life that I need to do because you just don't want to deal with the thorn. Come on now, this pandemic is a thorn. Come on now, we arguing about vaccinations. Come on now, we're, we're arguing about young children going to school and, and we see parents now fighting. Well, my child don't need a mask and we don't need this. And we, we're arguing about things that can do what? Save, bring us together. But because we become so boastful, we become so, uh, we become so authoritative in our minds that we don't want to receive and talk about the real issue we're weak in unity we don't know how to come together and have real conversation uh, uh, Paul says I've got some revelation uh, and and as I begin to think about the revelation God quickened me and he stricken me with an issue I prayed three times that the issue would leave my body but God said my grace is sufficient enough. I, I prayed, Bishop, that it was going to go away. Come on now. I, I prayed that the nasty thought in my mind, I, I'm sitting with my girl, uh, I'm watching TV, and a nasty thought of a chick from Facebook coming. Oh, y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Uh, uh, when we talk about real issues, see, y'all thought I was just going to talk about mental health. That's great. Uh, I 
I'm going to get to the nitty, 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 gritty. Come on now. Uh, uh, you thinking about all of the other stuff uh, because you're having problems in your life. It seems like everything was going all together. Everything is working, uh, but now I got issues in my life. Why would God bring me to a place where he wants to weaken me so that his power can be made strong in me? The Bible says that pride goes before a hearty fall. Some of us are dealing with the pride issue. Some of us are dealing with the lust issue. Some of us are dealing with issues in our life that we've become so proud about that God strickens us with an issue that'll cause us to humble ourselves. Come on now, but can I just look at this right here? Verse number nine. I want to stay right here. My grace is sufficient, number one. His grace is sufficient. Come on now. Uh, uh, sufficient grace means that his grace is merciful. Come on now. Uh, his grace is enduring. It's long-suffering. Uh, uh, his grace is favorable. Come on now. Uh, can I just stay right there? Sufficient grace means that it's not going to run out because it's his grace. Uh, sometimes when you're running on somebody else's grace, uh, it's not sufficient enough for the rest of your life. It's not sufficient enough for offense to happen. It's not efficient enough for disagreement to happen. But God says that my grace is sufficient enough for you to endure what you're dealing with. Come on now. Uh, Satan won't get out of my mind. Come on now. Uh, uh, my blood pressure won't go down. Uh, 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 my money just ain't right. Come on now. Uh, my house just ain't right. My career just ain't right. But my grace is sufficient enough for you. Come on now. Uh, he says for you. It didn't say for us. Come on now. He's talking to Paul. So you got to understand that my grace and the sufficiency that I have in grace might not be the sufficiency that God has given you to be favorable to work in your life. So you got to know how to work your issue in the sufficiency of God's grace for yourself. I think sometimes we begin to compare. Well, God did this for me. No, he ain't doing that for me. I, I came out of mines. I ain't came out of mines yet. I'm still fasting. I'm still rebuking. I'm still going through stuff in my mind because God knows that this place in my life, the power of God has to be seen through his sufficient grace. Come on, without the grace, I believe that Paul would have failed. I believe that Paul would have made a fool of himself. Uh, he, he, he says it right there in, in, in verse number seven. You, you, you ain't got to put it up there. I'll just say it. Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself. Come on now. Uh, uh, the pride of life, come on now, will cause you to exalt yourself. Come on now. You think that just because you pray and just because you're good and just because you love everybody but you dislike what God says to you. You dislike the plan of God. You dislike the anointing of God. You don't like people to tell you what to do. You like to be in control. You don't like anybody bossing you around. The pride of life. You've got an ego problem. You're always edging God out of the process. So God has to use 
something that will humble you back down to the ground. He has to put something in your life that will cause you to say, Jesus, I need you in the midnight hour. Lord, I thank you for blessing me today. Ah, I remember when I was riding well. I'm still riding well, but I'm crying tears right now because things are broken in my life. Things are happening in my life. God is so good that he will inconvenience you just like you've inconvenienced him. He will inconvenience you with an issue that will weaken you to the point where you have to cry out to him. I really believe that the church has to get back to his knees. That the church has to get back to he is Lord. He has risen. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is God. He's not the man upstairs. He's not the supreme being. His name is God. His name is Elohim. Oh, y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. He's God all by himself. Why can't you call him God? Why you got to give him another name? Because every time you give him another name, it's as if you're substituting what he really is in your life. But I've never seen somebody go through something. I've never seen a man on his deadbed and he didn't say God. I've never seen a man sitting in jail. I don't care what religion you are and you didn't say Lord will you help me. I don't care what you're going through in your life. Your weakness will bring the power of God into a place in your life where you will call out to God like never before Paul says number one my grace is sufficient uh, the Lord says my grace is sufficient for you but then he says number two for power is perfected in weakness what are you talking about I, I, I'm reminded of the story of Michael Jordan Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player to ever touch the ball he could score from anywhere he could shoot the shot whatever but he was weak uh, he was weak when it came to the bad boys the bad boys had a defense that says every Every time he gets the ball, we don't care if he scores a hundred points, knock him down, knock him down. We want him to leave hurting. We want him to leave in pain. We want him to leave here understanding that this ain't going to be easy. We don't care if they call you Air Jordan. We don't care if you got your own tennis shoes. We don't care if you come to the rim with your tongue wagging and you dunk the ball, but we're going to let you know we're going to put a thorn in your flesh. And we're going to cause you to understand that in the moment of your weakness, God says power will be perfected. So what did he do? He decided that it wasn't my game. It wasn't his game. The game wasn't the issue. Uh, speaking in tongues is not your issue. Tithing is not your issue. Serving is not your issue. But you got a lack of faith. Come on now. Uh, you won't step out on the dream that God calls you to walk in. Uh, you won't start the business that God ordained for you to have. Uh, uh, you can do all that you want to do. Uh, you go to every meeting. Uh, you go and you feed food and you give food. You give clothes away, but you don't have faith enough to do it for yourself. You don't have faith enough to walk in what God called you to walk in. Oh, Rabbi, my grace is sufficient enough for power is perfected. Power. Power. What do you mean, power? Power, power, power. 
power is the power to walk right. The power to live right. Uh, I'm reminded of Michael Jordan. He's hurting and he's going home and he's saying, why do we keep losing? You're losing because you're not strong enough. Oh, Rabbi. I I remember him saying that I wasn't strong enough. I didn't have the mental capacity to deal with the other team. I I didn't have the mental capacity to carry the load. I could score the points. I could fake them out. I could do the greatest move that's still up on you today but I didn't have uh, the power to overcome he was weak in mental capacity and in strength physically so he said I need to hit the gym Uh, I need to become stronger in my mind come on now Uh, power is perfected in weakness come on now Uh, the power of God is going to teach you how to pray at the moments of weakness the power of God is going to teach you how to trust at the moments of weakness in your life. Uh, The power of God is going to teach you how to love. It's going to teach you how to follow. It's going to teach you how to submit. It's going to teach you how to submit. I'll say it again. It's going to teach you how to submit to his way uh, and not to your own. Uh, Come on now. Uh, Jesus even went through it. He said, not my will, but your will. Come on now. The power, perfected power in weakness will teach you how to reach out to God and say, I can't do it by myself. I know I got the knowledge. I know I got the degrees. I know I got enough money to buy everybody what they need. All of my bills are paid, but you can't take that issue away. You can't get that sickness to go away. You can't get disease to go away. In the moments where body is breaking down, mind is breaking down, thoughts are breaking down, our power is perfected in the moments where you become weak and you feel like there is no hope. You feel like God has abandon you. You feel like you're all by yourself. But Paul says that God says I'm not taking it away but my grace is sufficient and power is perfected in weakness. Uh, Come on now. Come on now. Uh, Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Number three, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Come on now. Uh, I'd rather talk about uh, I'm not all that. Uh, I'm not worthy. Now I really understand what the old saints were saying. Uh, I'm not wonderful. I'm not great. Uh, I know that I can sing rings around a lot of people but I'm not great enough uh, to do all of that. I've got some issues in my life. Uh, I've got some failures in my life. Uh, I've got some nasty dirty thoughts in my mind. Even as I was praying on loud. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Y'all trying to sit here and act like you're perfect uh, in weakness. Come on now. Uh, The power of God. I would rather boast about how I used to be than where I am today. I would rather talk about how God brought me out of the miry clay. How he set my feet on a rock to stay. I would rather talk about when I thought about committing suicide. I would rather talk about when I was out there doing all of the other stuff uh, than sit here and act 
as if I am God's buddy, that I am God's best friend, and that God knows me by my name, and I can do nothing wrong because I'm the preacher. Let me tell you something. From the preacher to the pulpit, from the pulpit to the bathroom, from the bathroom to the drug addict, all the way down, I'm telling you, there are some things that we need to talk about. Why don't we boast about how God saved me from sin when I was rebellious, had earrings in my ear, and I thought I was P. Daddy traveling through the airport, but I was full of sin. I was out of the will of God. I was praying to God every day, don't kill me. Let me get back home. Paul said, rather than talk about the revelation, I'd rather talk about I used to kill the church. I persecuted the church. I did God's people the wrong way than sit here and talk about how wonderful the presence of God is. Talk about you don't know how to pray and you need this and you need that. No, no, no. I'd rather talk about the insults and the persecutions that I've had when they tried to kill my wife and my name. When they said that I did what I didn't do. I'd rather tell the story of how we started seven years ago in my house sitting at the table. I'd rather talk about when they took the building from me. I'd rather talk about all of that stuff than sit up here and talk about I got 20,000 members. I got 20 million dollars in the bank but you won't sow it into another preacher so that his ministry can grow. Uh, Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. Paul says I would rather come on reverend I'd rather boast about how they don't like me. I'd rather boast about how they talk about me, Harper, how they voted against me, how they counted me out. I would rather sit here and look as if I don't mean anything to Christ. I'm just a wretch undone. Come on now, I was once lost, but now I'm fine. Once was blind, but now I see. It was his amazing grace that saved me. It was love that lifted me. It was love that reached out and saved me. He could have left me there. He could have let me die. But power is perfected in weakness. But I would rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ, the power that changed my life, when they laughed at me and talked about my daddy, your kids ain't going to never be nothing. Your kids ain't nothing. You live in the projects. Your daddy out here helping people and can't even pay his own bills. But y'all ain't understanding. Power is perfected in weakness. Come on now the power of Christ uh, I'm still standing today I should have been dead but I'm still here because of sufficient grace uh, I'm not here because of something I did but I'm here because my grace is sufficient enough for me I'm here because he says that grace is going to pull you through that where you're weak I'll make you strong where you're struggling I'll make you strong where you're going through things in your 
mind. I'll make your mind strong. The issue might not ever leave, but I'll make you strong enough to look at the issue and say, I've got a grace that's sufficient enough for me to stand up and preach the gospel, to love my life, my wife for the rest of my life, to be the example to my son that I don't have to go out and cheat on my wife and lie in his face, that I can love my children through all of their faults, the power of Christ being seen in me. I'm a new creature. I'm a new man. I'm not the old man, but I've been saved. I've been redeemed. I'm sanctified and I'm filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, but I got an issue. I got an issue and it ain't going away. I got an issue. What do I need to do? I need to bear down and I need to grab hold to his hand and I need to just say, hold to his hand. God's unchanging hand, hold to his hand. Don't let it go. Hold me, baby. Walk with me, son. If I got to drag you through, if I got to pull you through, my grace at the end is going to cause you to walk in the power of authority where Christ can be seen in your life. If the church would just talk about where we're weak at, we don't want to come together. Everybody got the idea on how to grow your church, but we ain't got the idea to just sit down and say, hey, man, you know what? I've been a little offensive. Uh, 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 we, 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 ain't got the, we ain't got the conversation. Why? We don't want to talk about our issues because they taught us, Dad, that when you talk about your issues, people might take advantage of you. Pastor, you're talking about yourself. They ain't going to never join your church. <laughs> well, why would they want to join my church? <laughs> and they don't know that the pastor came out of some foolishness, just like I'm trying to preach you out of foolishness. But I ain't going to sit here and let you throw my foolishness in my face. I'm going to sit here and put it back in yours. I used to be that way. I used to be that way. You know what? I'm still dealing with that issue. Pray for me. Don't judge me. It's all lies. You ain't better than me. I ain't better than you but he says my grace is sufficient enough and power is perfected in weakness and because I'd rather boast about all of the other stuff that people don't want to talk about all of the other stuff that nobody wants to hear uh, the power of Christ will strengthen me come on lift your hands come on lift your hands the inconvenience of an issue you're struggling and you're dealing with an issue in your life. And God is saying, my grace is sufficient. What do you mean, God? I'll give you favor while you go through the issue. I'll give you the house. I'll give you the job. I'll give you the finance while you still haven't learned how to do some things in your life. My grace is that sufficient that I will not allow the issue to become a God in your life. I've always been 
taunting. I've always heard, maximize your strength and minimize your issue. But when I look at the Word of God, and I, and I understand the leadership concept, I, I really do. There is a moment where every leader has to understand that you have a weakness. So don't just keep focusing on the weakness. Allow the weakness to make you strong where you're strong. Paul is saying here, God's grace is sufficient enough that even though it seems to him that his weakness is being magnified, that he's going to talk about Christ. <clears throat> Christ. I need Christ. <clears throat> I need Christ in my life. I, I need Christ in my life. What, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do, Smith? I, I need Christ in my life. I've got the business. I, I've got everything working for me. Paul was probably at the height of his prayer life when this issue hit him. He had an out-of-body experience. Whatever the experience was, it was so marvelous that he wanted to, to talk about it, but he felt that if I begin to talk, I'm going to exalt myself so much that people will not see God. The job of the shepherd is not to be exalted over God, but it is to reveal the words of Christ. My grace is sufficient enough. Come on, lift your hands. I just want somebody, come on, look at your weakness. Come on, look at it. And say, my grace is sufficient enough. Come on, say, my grace, his grace, his grace is sufficient enough to sanctify you. My grace, Tracy, is sufficient enough to win people to Christ. But the weakness you have, God wants it to be perfected through Christ. <laughs> I don't know why when I said that I felt like Melvin Warren. God wants where you're weak, the issues, lay them on the altar, but understand that he wants to perfect them through Christ. Jesus died so that you and I would have a sufficiency of salvation, of grace, redemption. So Father, we thank you for this moment today. Father, we love you and we honor you. We give you praise. Somebody wants to be saved today. I want you to just lift your hands. Father, in Jesus' name, there is grace sufficient enough to change your confession.
Somebody's probably saying that God has not been good to me. He allowed my brother to get killed, allowed my mama to die. He allowed them to do all types of things to me. His grace is sufficient enough to hear you today. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ died on the cross and that he rose again with all power in his hand. And I give you my life today. I come in with, with problems, with issues. But Father, I thank you that just like you did for Paul, you're going to give me a grace that won't allow my weakness to kill me. You won't allow my weakness to become an addiction. You're, you're going to allow my weakness to be perfected through the power of Christ resurrection his burial and his death I give you my life today in Jesus name hallelujah come on put your hands together hallelujah come on come on give the Lord a rounding ovation if you didn't have an opportunity to minister to the Lord today through your giving and through your tithe through your offering, which opens up the windows of heaven. Your tithe is what you offer back to God. I don't preach that the tithe is a curse. I preach it that the tithe, it is a faith commitment to God. I'm going to trust God with 10%. I get $100, I'm going to give God $10 of that. And God is going to bless my 90%. Out of the 90%, I'm going to give him an offering, which will probably leave you around 80% if you want to. I'll sow a seed. At the end, you probably might have 75% of your income. But because you give cheerfully, he says, I'll give it back to you. <laughs> Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I'll give it back to you. You'll have more than enough. I want you to take some time today and I want you to sow your love seed, your harvest, your offering which opens up the windows of heaven, your tithe. Come on. I really want to make a petition today. Every ministry needs faithful givers faithful and committed members that will give of their time, their resource, but not only that, but of your wealth. The only way we're able to keep the lights on, we're able to, to pay the band, and we're able to do all the things is because you give. The moment you stop giving, the ministry suffers. Hallelujah. I love you. Come on, everybody say, I love my pastor. I love my pastor. I love you. I'll see you on next week. Man, we're celebrating seven years. Seven years. My baby's over there saying something to me. What are you saying, baby? Come on, baby. Come on. Come on. Say, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, they're, they're asking me to make the announcement about the baby dedication. On next week, it's not just a baby dedication. I want to pray for all of the children. 
bring all of your children, anybody that wants to rededicate their life back to Jesus Christ, I want to pray for them. You want to recommit back to your church, recommit back to serving whatever you want to rededicate back to God. I want you to bring it. That means we need to see bodies. I love you. I appreciate you. We create those relevant moments where broken and hurting people unchurched families are restored back to their rightful place in God. I love you. I'll see you. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Have a great day. Hey, everybody, I love you. What an amazing moment in worship today. My grace is sufficient enough. Number one, sufficient where God is going to favor you. It's kind. It's gracious. It's merciful. It's enduring. But then he goes on and he begins to say, power is perfected in weakness. That God is going to give you the strength. His power is perfected in your weakness. The power to stand. The power to continue. The power to live on as God has called you. You've got an issue, but God says, my grace is sufficient. And my power is going to be perfected through your weakness. Come on now. God's going to use an issue in your life to perfect his power in you. Come on now. The power to live right. The power to talk right. But rather than boast about it, I would rather talk about my issues. I would rather minister to somebody and say, hey, I remember when I was out there doing this, but because of the sufficient grace of God and his power, you're now seeing the life of Jesus Christ being perfected in my life. I want to invite you to come and join us next Sunday, 3 p.m. I really believe that God is creating a relevant moment in this city where your life my life and our lives will never be the same. It's what we do. We create those relevant moments where broken, unchurched, hurting families will be restored back to their rightful place in God. I love you. I appreciate you. Hey, you can catch us again on today at 6 p.m., 9 p.m., and 12 p.m. on Mondays. I love you. God bless. Peace.